0: Hey, I'm Rich. And I'm Ruben. And welcome to Clarity, where we discuss the ideas and experiences that shape how we think and live. And today we have our good friend, Marcos Bernal with us. In today's episode, we're going to chat with Marcos about his life, his experience, and more importantly, we're using it as an opportunity to
1: (laughs) have some closure. From what happened oh, yes. a month ago.
0: <laughs> Marcos, you, you are currently uh sitting in shame at like a dog between your jail between your legs. Um because perhaps because you feel guilty about something you may have done to me in the past.
2: Something I've done to you in the past. Or you got in the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen.
1: So I don't know if you remembered a few episodes ago, Rich was feeling not well. I think it was the right leg, uh the lower part and mm-hmm. Uh well he he played soccer with us we we were we had a pastors meeting from the Carolina camp I think it was a winter pastors meeting yeah so it was like and late January yeah and we were playing soccer and well Marcus was scoring like crazy and I think he was really into into the game and
0: you score like nine goals and then six and then
1: goals. what happened what know. happened I with you Rich? like three
2: but yeah
0: so I was <laughs> there trying to defend the man and you know I I try to put a foot in the way of the ball and. This particular goal, he basically <laughs> just donkey kicked the go- the ball backwards. <laughs> and like it went in, of course, but his heel just <laughs> hits my shin. And, you know, he's apologetic. Like, Oh, it's fine. And we just keep going and going. And eventually, you know, I game finishes. I go back to my room and there's a grapefruit on my shin. Yeah. That's not grapefruit. It's yeah. your shin. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so this is the episode where we're going to talk about forgiveness. I'm no, just kidding. Oh, I think we're over that. And, well, we invited Marcos because we really appreciate him. He's a fellow pastor in the Carolina Conference. Where, where are you uh, pastoring now, Marcos?
2: I am pastoring uh, New Bern Spanish, Wilmington Spanish, and uh, Myrtle Beach Spanish. So Myrtle so Beach, right. that's the good place to go, right? Good,
1: good excuse to... If, to visit the church and go to the beach, I guess.
2: Yeah, and go to the, play miniature golf, like 15 different parks. And, and give
1: Bible studies
2: there. And Yeah, Bible studies. That's more, more <laughs> you know, that's the most important part, the Bible studies, while you're playing miniature golf. Yeah, and right now
1: we are meeting uh, because there's the camp meeting, uh, Carolina camp meeting. Also, Lake June, Alaska, right now it's a Tuesday afternoon. And, well, I had so much fun with the juniors. You guys are with a uh, different group of kids, right? Yeah, we're with the primaries. Primaries.
0: So just, like we said, I'm doing, is, was primary like 8 to 10, Marcos?
2: Something like that, yes. We, I, we I,
0: generally are working on the same time. We'll start the kids off in the morning with some lessons, some stories. Marcos has told some pretty hilarious stories.
2: Yeah, about the, the little rat. I mean, the, rat. the chihuahuas. Yeah. Chihuahua. It's a chihuahua. And then the, that blue bird. What was it? Yeah, yeah, doesn't know anything about birds. Yeah, or dogs, or animals,
0: or yeah. And I'm very. I've been singing, singing like a fool with the kids, having a good time, and yeah.
1: yeah. So we have this, guess uh, because we we have we have to ask uh, Marcos some questions, and you guys are gonna get to know him a little bit during this episode. And Marcos, why don't you introduce yourself? I mean, how many uh, other than your churches, like your personal life? What do you like doing and stuff like that?
2: Okay, well, uh, my name is Marcos Burnell uh, Jr. I was born in California in uh, the city of Inglewood in L.A. County. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when people ask me where you're from, I usually say L.A. Mm-hmm. And they don't ask specifically of the county or the city, so I just say L.A. Um, I guess it's easier, right? Yeah, it's just easier because if you say Inglewood, they're going to be like, uh, "Where? where is that at? And it's like, I oh, just say L.A. Uh, My dad was from Mexico. My mom was from Guatemala. Uh, I have five other siblings. It's a bunch of us. Um, I'm the eldest, oldest. Oh. Yeah. Um, I got two kids. I was the first one to get married. First one to go through college. Uh, First one to have kids. Uh, First one to move out of state. First one to do most, mostly everything, and first one to injure someone by playing soccer, I guess as well.
1: Maybe not. I'm not gonna let that go. I'm not gonna. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the
2: whole whole donkey kick thing. It sounds kind of brutal. It sounds savage. I don't know.
1: (laughs) But I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Um, He's a cool guy. He's
0: not being a savage against my shit. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, I actually know Marcos from undergrad. We went to Mm -hmm. Southern at the same time. We both did field school in Eastern North Carolina. And mm-hmm. you actually did do field school at one of your churches you're pastoring now, didn't you?
2: Yes, at Newburn Newburn mm-hmm. Spanish Church. I was there doing the field school, and uh, God called me back and to pastor the same church I did. You know, field school. Awesome. So yeah, that was uh pretty interesting. When I showed up with uh Pastor Haskell, um,
1: which is our ministerial director, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: I guess. Yeah, uh, he was, uh, you know, he was like trying to surprise the church members, but with the church members, when they saw me, they knew right off the bat what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> they knew what was we going on. We know you from
0: before. It's been it, a few years. Yes.
2: It, it was probably about four, four years later,
0: mm-hmm.
2: four years later. Um, and I became their pastor and, uh, They're very hardworking church, very lovely people. And I hope they hear this so they can hear me. (laughs) Saying good things. (laughs) Saying good things about them. Yes, 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 yes. And they've actually started uh, opening up a small group out towards uh, Moorhead, Newport area, which is something they've been trying to do for the past, uh, I don't know how many years, but Mm -hmm. it's actually working out now. But yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, Good. So. You said you did field school, and then it was like four years before you became a pastor after that. Why don't you share with us a little bit of your journey to ministry?
2: You mean my my desert?
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Fair enough. I, I mean
1: yeah. I mean, this is yeah. one of the main reasons why we invited you. We all have uh, a journey, right? Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Rich has a different journey. Uh, I have a different journey. Uh, we're going to share about that hopefully in a different point, but right now is mm-hmm. you, you Marcus, uh, you we were talking to you like mm-hmm. I mean all along this time that I actually got to meet you here at the conference. And uh, it is it is an interesting story. And this is a story for you guys that are listening that it, if you feel you're calling and there's it's never too late, I guess, right? Or it, when God is calling you, he's calling you, right? Mm. So why don't you share us about that, uh, Marcos?
2: Okay. Do um, you want me to start from? From the start, from, from the beginning. The you, can, you, Every,
0: can you can give us as much as you want, as little as you want. Okay. Well. Yeah.
2: I was about, we start like after I finished uh, at Southern, the Mm -hmm. undergrad, Perfect. Rich called it. Um, Well, I finished and, uh, you know, I was very, very confident I was going to get a call because uh, bilingual, you know, Mm -hmm. English, Spanish, uh, California, California, (laughs) you know, all this, you know, kids, stable family. And I was like super confident going into all these interviews and uh just getting the the whole yeah yeah yeah, we'll call you back we'll call you back and we'll call you back yeah they did call back just to say you know we thought about you but unfortunately you don't fit in unfortunately you don't fit in um there was one interview um I walked into and it kind of bummed me out because I mean the whole thing was in English and then um turns out it's like yeah, but we don't have any spots for the Spanish church. And I was like, we just had a whole interview in English. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. So I just let it go and mm-hmm. I, was, I was super So pretty mad.
1: much they, they, they were talking, they were speaking to you in English. Yes. And they said we don't have spots for you in Spanish, but yeah. you were actually talking in English. Exactly. Wow.
2: Yeah. So you, the, the interview, it, it so never was s- a really lame excuse, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right.
1: Yeah. Do you,
0: feel, do you feel like that's an issue typecasting of, oh, you're bilingual, so you're going to be a Spanish pastor starting out?
2: I, I mean, I think so. I mean, there were maybe about three or four other guys, uh, in, in our group that were or that are bilingual and, uh, automatically, you know, it's like, oh, you're bilingual, you're Hispanic, boom, Spanish church, well, that, uh, Spanish that, church.
1: And that's what kind of yeah. happened to me as well. Like I interviewed for my seminary and they saw me, I speak Spanish and English and was like, all right. You'll, you'll take a Spanish and well I have an English church as well. So yeah. I think they just try to they just try to put you there where there's mm-hmm. a need in. and and yeah. I think being bilingual as a ministry is a big asset. And I, I think I, mm-hmm. I hear you, Marcus. I hear you.
0: Well, yeah. I mean it seems like Marcos got the opposite where it's like there was a need for he, English and not Spanish. No, but I, think, like, that an an excuse, I mm-hmm.
1: think that was an excuse, bro. So I think that was an excuse because they were talking o- in English. Uh, it's like we're talking in English right now and so the interviews in English and they say we don't have spots for Spanish, but I actually Speak English. So if you have spots for English, like mm, that's, that's mm. how I understood. I don't know if you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because when uh, skipping over like two years, when I got the call from the Carolinas, mm-hmm. uh, the phone interview, it wasn't in English. It was uh, in Spanish. Was it oh so, Romero? Yes. So I automatically knew it was for a Spanish church mm-hmm. that it wasn't going to be for an English. Oh,
0: there's Sam Romero, basically. So the ministerial director is there are direct um, superior or helper, a yeah, servant they're the, leader mm-hmm. that helps the pastors. Yeah, he's the and pastor he has, of the pastors. Yeah, and he has, a, mm-hmm. sp- he has a, uh, a Spanish coordinator to help him who works with specifically the Spanish-speaking uh, con- congregations and is especially useful for those pastors who only speak Spanish.
1: Yeah, and the interviews that uh, Marcos was talking about, they usually happen for religion undergrads. It's not like... Uh, it's like uh, you go to an Adventist university and when mm-hmm. you're done, there are many conferences or many regions of, of uh, churches that they send their administrators and they mm-hmm. want to get to know you. And that's what uh, Marcos was talking. And yeah. mm-hmm. unfortunately nothing happened from, from that, right?
0: No. And no. usually the, the usual expectation is you go and if you're going to get a job, it's going to be in that week or a few weeks or those several months where people are coming to your school to yeah. interview yeah, especially at Southern, where mm-hmm. it's such a good school that people—it's like, you know, Sam's Club. People go there looking to buy, looking to <laughs> to interview. Yeah, yeah because they hire. usually are so looking for yes.
1: s- a specific church or or a, assignment that they need to fill there. You know, they need to fill from for the people that are graduating.
0: So, yeah. what did it feel like that you called it a desert between <laughs> when? it seemed like you weren't going to get a call. And when you got that call from the Carolinas.
2: During that time, what did it feel like? I was,
0: uh, what did it feel like? What did it look like? Tell me about that. Um,
2: Well, I finished, you know, the whole summer, uh, that following summer, I, uh, I had to move out of Southern housing, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a a big struggle. I didn't know uh, where to go because it was like, I knew it was coming, but I didn't know there was like going to be like a deadline, like a week after you had to move out like ASAP, like right now, or Uh else we're going to unfortunately throw your stuff out. Um, And so I started looking, I got desperate and um, I ended up moving in with my mom, with Mm -hmm. two kids and a wife. And it 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 was weird. I mean, I know I've heard it so many times that college kids always move back with their parents. And I was like, I do not want to be that guy. And Mm -hmm. yet here I was moving back in with my parents after so many years of not being home. uh, My brother, two brothers, and one of my sisters uh, was living there at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was it was a interesting combination. Because my my brothers, they had uh, their own little world. My parents were trying to bring him back into the church. And then here I am, a newly grad from Southern with all this, you know, oozing with Bible knowledge. And my parents are asking me to help them with that. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of complicated because it's family. It's it's a whole lot easier when it's somebody else. Um, So I moved in with my parents and I started working. At, with my, my brother-in-law uh, at a construction uh, place. They do uh, industrial insulation, And so I was okay, you know, uh, didn't get a call, but I'm going to do the best I can while I'm out here. I got to pay bills. Student loans are going to start knocking on the door six months later. And so I had to start saving up money. And uh, I went out there. Started trying to learn how to do industrial insulation uh it was 30 32 at the time. And yeah, it, it just wouldn't stick because be I've yes, I'm Hispanic, but yet I do not have any construction knowledge. Mm-hmm. I have like zero construction knowledge. Hey, me, you me, tell I, me
1: I have nothing, about, I I don't know nothing about construction anywhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'm I'm like, you know, the the Hispanic that, you know, is like yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not the stereotypical I, I can cut your grass, I can weed eat it, and that's about it.
0: And you you like chiles? I
2: yeah, I do I do, actually I do.
0: His wife yeah. makes excellent tamales. Yeah, they're for good. For the record.
1: Yep, they're good. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway. So Marcos, you're telling us that it, 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 you were called you thought you were called for the ministry or and in those in the in those situations you felt like, hey, maybe there's something going on, right? You didn't feel, how, how do you feel there?
2: Yeah, I felt that, I honestly, I felt that God was letting me down. And mm-hmm. I, there was something in me that I was doing that I was letting God down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, Pastor uh, Samuel Garcia, he, I did my externship with, and before doing my externship with him, he was my pastor for, I don't know, like 10 years, you could say. That's how long I knew him. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he's like, Marcos, keep your head up. You can do this. God has a place for you. It's not always our time. It's his time. Just remember that. And so um, he would sign me up. uh, He would ask me, you know, do you want to do an evangelistic series at my church? And uh, I was working construction. I was like, yeah, you know, give me a break from all this itchy insulation. Um, And so I would take a week off and do evangelistic series. So I, I stayed busy. Mm-hmm. Um, in ministry, I stayed mm-hmm. busy. Um, at the church I was at, uh, I was uh they, that following year, um, with nominations, they made me a uh, first elder. So I was like super busy in church oh. and, and super busy at work and super busy at work. Uh, the construction company never it, it was never local. It was always
0: oh no. Uh, we
2: were living in uh in Tunnel Hill in Dalton area, um. Northwest Georgia and mm-hmm. most of the jobs were south of Atlanta and so Dude. I was I was gone for a week and Friday half day drive back home.
0: How long is the drive to Atlanta? I My wife grew up in Calhoun half an hour away. Okay. Uh, so it's like maybe hour and Hour and 20, an hour and 30. 20.
2: Yeah, depending on traffic. You and know. then
0: you're going South Atlanta.
2: And then I was going South <laughs> Atlanta. Sometimes going to uh, Columbus, Macon. What? Yeah. Um, Monticello. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, is far. Sometimes so even to Augusta. You're doing so. all this
0: driving. You're not getting paid for that commute. You're only getting paid for the time on the job. Yes. Brother. Yes. That's the pit.
2: Yes, yes. So um, I was doing installation. Didn't make it. To the installation team, I was on on trial for three months. Mm. I didn't know, I didn't learn the ropes to do installation, so uh, I was bummed out because they were like, "Man, we're gonna have to like make cuts because you know uh, you didn't make it, so uh, you might get you know unemployment letter. You might be able to draw some money from unemployment, but then luckily uh, somebody I know. It sounds bad, but somebody got fired <laughs> uh-huh. from uh, the the scaffold." Um, yeah. Area. And so they transferred me over and they're like, well, if you didn't make it here, you might make it over there with the grunt work, you know? And it's like, all yeah. you got to do is just stand on the bar and pass metal. You know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll pass you a nine foot bar and you just pass it up and pass it up and pass it up. Despite you don't have to do right
1: there. For yeah. real.
2: So it was, it was, yeah, it was a, a workout. I, that, that's one of the jobs I actually kind of enjoyed because I was mm-hmm. actually working out. Now I was getting paid to work out, you know? There you go. Yeah. Nobody does that. So, um,
0: so Marcos, you're, you're talking about the desert. You're just working hard. Your insulation isn't working. You're doing grunt work. It's kind of okay. You're working your heart at, at the church and you have this struggle of God, you know, are you abandoning me? Did I abandon you? What is going on? Didn't you call me? Did I go to school for no reason? What's, did you question your call at all? Yes. Or is it more a combo of that in addition to questioning your Christian journey?
2: Yes, I. I actually one day I was uh, I was fed up with uh, with working construction because it was uh, it was very annoying. We would work for hard for two months and then we would be off for one month. Oh so, no! So everything you saved up for two months basically use up in that what month till the company found another job site. And then it was like, Oh yeah, we have a job out in, you know, Macon, but it's only three days. Do you want it? Mm-hmm. It's like, Well, I mean, I mean I haven't worked in two weeks. It's like, Yeah, of course I wanna go. You know, so we would go for three days and then come back and then be off for another two weeks. And so it got really frustrating and and one day I came home and, and I told my wife and it's like, man, that. <laughs> Those four years, I had, five years I spent at Southern, because it was actually five, because I went part-time one year, um, I, I feel like it was a waste of time. What, what is God doing with me? What is he doing? Why, why am I working, you know, these measly hours? Why am I having to expose myself, driving all the way out to Macon for three days of work and then coming back? It's like, what, what is this purpose? You know, and, and then it hit me. Uh, I started thinking about the way I went into the interviews thinking, you know, I'm bilingual. Mm. I'm this. It was all about me. Mm. Wow. And it wasn't, there was nothing about him. And I was so like, that was wow. kind
1: of a moment of clarity right there.
2: Exactly. That's when it hit me, you know, a moment of clarity. Uh, and, and I said, Lord, you know, Forgive me for for acting that way. Um, Lead me. What do you want me to do next? And that's when my student loans started picking up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw the first bill and it said $785. And I almost, uh, I I didn't know what to say. I didn't even want to show it to my wife. Mm -hmm. I didn't show it to her until like almost when the first payment was due. I was like, I, I got this like three weeks ago and, and look. And she was like, what? And it's like, we well, got to find a way to do this. We got to. So we started, I started talking to my brother-in-law. And it's like, hey, man, I need to get paid more because I got to pay this. And uh, I acquired a lot of debt while I was in school and mm-hmm. I have to pay it off and this and that. And he's not Adventist. And he told me, it's like, you got that debt because you went to school. Because you wanted to serve God, why didn't you let God wow. pay for it? I was like, back then, didn't make sense. No, I mean, back then it was like a really it, slap. But yeah, actually, he it,
1: was prof- he was a prophet pretty much. Because-
2: yeah, it 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 hurt because I was mm. like, man, bro, you don't need to be saying that. I need to make more money right now. Yeah, you know, looking back at it right now, it's like, whoa, it it's true. You what know, he said, yeah, and so when he started, you know. He said that I started looking for other ways, um, to see if I can pay for it. Uh, I deferred the loans, <laughs> which was, you know, accumulating more, more debt into it. And, um, one of my old friends called me and asked me, I said, Hey bro, how are you doing? How's ministry? And I was like, bro, there's just no such, it's not working out. Mm. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I have, I'm working in construction and, uh, At this point, I had already started working at a local farm in in Uduwa called uh, Hidden Hills. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shout out to Mike and Tara that work at Hidden Hills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So uh, they, they, uh, I started working with Mike and uh, hauling hay, uh, weed eating, Mm -hmm. fixing fence posts, chopping up trees, making. And doing and disarming and doing, doing a bunch of stuff at his farm and uh, really enjoyed it. And um, started talking to my buddy about how to pay back the loans. And he told me, you know what? The military, they can help you out. And I said, what? The military? So he started telling me about how they pay back student loans. So, you know, I went back to my wife and I told her, I was like I think I have a solution for the loans. And she's like, yeah, yeah, what is it? What is it? What is it? And it's like, well, um, the military, they'll pay you back. They'll, they'll repay your loans as long as you serve. She said, no, that's the, uh, the, the second craziest idea you had. The first one was you wanted to go to school. Oh. To be a, a pastor and mm-hmm. look where we we're at. And the You were second married one,
1: when you, when you started? Yes. You there?
2: Yeah, I was married and I had two kids. Mm-hmm. And
1: what were you doing before, uh, before that?
2: I was working at, um, at Little Debbie's. All right. At McKee. Yeah. I was working at McKee. Um, And so she said, and this is the second craziest idea. You join in the military. Hmm. It's like, you have a wife. You have two kids. (laughs) Why now? I was like, because I have to pay the loans. It's like, no, we have to pray about it. So I prayed about it. I went. I didn't even walk into the Marines because they have an age limit posted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was already too old. So I said, okay, not that one. I went to the Navy and uh, they started doing all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took my marriage certificate, everything, everything. And they were like, oh, wow, you have everything. And uh, we really like it when recruits have that with them. And when they checked my credit score, it showed that I owed a lot of money because of my student loans. Well, I didn't know
0: they check your credit score. Yeah. Because they want to see how much they're going to pay back.
2: Huh? Yeah. Well, that one and mm-hmm. see if you're compromised. Um, oh. Because they said, oh, no, 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 no. We can't. You can't join the Navy because you owe too much money. And so I asked them, "It's like, why? And they said, no, because if, if you're working in a certain area, you might be tempted to sell those secrets in oh. order to pay off what you owe faster. You know? So I was Makes like, sense. okay. So I dropped that idea and I came back home and I told my wife, oh, the Navy said no. She's like, oh, yes. Amen for that, because I know the Lord didn't call you to be, you know, Soldier. be in the military, be in the military. And then, but I told her, it's like, yeah, but there's a Air Force office next to it. So I'm going to go tomorrow. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I'm going to be praying so that God can close that, that door as well. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, when I showed up, the door was open. So I walked in <laughs> and, uh, I started talking to the recruiter and, uh, I told him I'm going to be straight, you know, be straight with me. Um. I have student loans. Is that going to affect me? And he went on the computer, he Googled something and he turned around and back at me and said, Yeah, you can't join because you, if, if the Navy rejected you because of student loans, the Air Force is going to reject you because you owe too much money because we're the same boat as they are. I was like, Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, we're I went the same oh, boat yeah exactly but, i know right God. uh i didn't get it then i get oh, it now okay um it took me a couple of years to get it yes, <laughs> <laughs> wow oh. are still laughing about that well. i know right I didn't get it. yeah and so i went back home i told my wife she said no okay praise i told her the they said no and she's like yes praise the lord i was praying so that they you know they wouldn't take you and i was like yeah but then there's the army She's like, oh, no, Uh, no, 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 not the army. The army's the worst and this and that. I was like, okay. Uh, So I went, I took the ASVAB test. Um, I did all their paperwork and uh, I was going to be a 56 Mike, what they call a chaplain's assistant. And uh, I was about to sign the paperwork and I asked them, before I sign this, what is going to be my duty station? Mm. I need to know. Before I signed it. That's one of the requirements. I. You know. Before I signed. And the recruiter said. Well. You know. You, you'll usually end up in the state. And I said. But where? Where in the state? You know. I could end up in Puerto Rico. I can end up in California. Alaska. Virgin you know, Islands. Virgin mm-hmm. Islands. I mean. Could have been Hawaii. I don't know. Somewhere. Somewhere nice. It could have been somewhere bad. Like. The desert. Um have been Fort Irwin yeah that that would would have been horrible um but he couldn't give me a a straight answer and I told him it's like yeah that's one of the requirements he's like well the the army will send you wherever they need you I said okay um if for some reason you know end up going to Guantanamo Bay am I going to be able to take my family no how long if I get sent to Guantanamo Bay how long would I be there? Roughly between three to four years. I said, no, this is not going to happen. Really? Yeah. I I said, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't do that. If I can't take my family, you know, I can't do that. I'm going to come back home three to four years and, you know, I'll be no money, no, no, no family, no kids, nothing. Mm. I said, no, I'm sorry. I can't do that. I mean, the recruiter was mad because I had taken up maybe about 20 hours of his work, <laughs> which was wow. a lot, uh, yeah. considering recruiters are always busy trying to go out to schools and, and whatnot. And uh, so I just gave up on the idea. Two weeks later, my buddy called me back and said, like, Hey, how's that military thing going? And I said, Well, I tried Air Force, Navy, Army, and they said, No. He's like, No, nah, man, it's the National Guard. That's where it's at. And I said, National Guard, what do they do?
0: fourth times the charm. All uh, right,
2: it's not the third, it's the fourth. <laughs> and so I asked him, it's like, "What what do they do? What is it?" And it's like, "Well, they help out with natural disasters, hurricanes, earthquakes, fires, anything that has to do within our nation." Um and I asked him, "So, I know you're not a recruiter, but where would I serve?" He's like, "You live in Chattanooga, right?" I was like, "Yeah, Chattanooga, Tennessee." I was like, "Yeah." And uh he said, Well, if you tell them you want to serve in Chattanooga, you will serve in Chattanooga. That simple. I said, cool. I went back to my wife (laughs) and I told her, I was like, we need to pray about this because there might be a possibility that I might actually be joining the National Guard to pay off my student loans. And uh, this whole time, still no call, still nothing, uh, still working at the farm. Part-time at the construction side, part-time at the farm. And uh, went to the guard, uh, Sergeant Stephen Elders uh, at the time. And uh, he actually helped me out a lot. Uh, Went up to what they call MEPS for the medical examination. My wife was praying that I might have like kidney stones, uh, cancer, leukemia. Something <laughs> uh, hidden, and uh, I called her, and uh, after the whole and alive, test, bro, and alive, yeah, <laughs> I know she was praying for all that stuff. She's like, I don't, it's <laughs> like, military is bad, it's horrible, because you know, Ruben, uh, over yeah. in in Latin America, military is seen as as like a big yeah no no,
1: and even even here, like, and especially also in religious uh, groups, especially like Adventists, and you no. Know,
2: like, mm-hmm.
1: Going to the army, you're going to war. Like, aren't you supposed to be against that as Christian? Yeah, but
2: yeah, yeah. So, um, it it was uh interesting because I called her after I got um, I I got sworn in. Yeah, I can't couldn't find another word for it, but yeah, mm-hmm. I got after uh, I got sworn in, and um, she asked me, "It's like, so how did it go? Did you fail the test?" And I was like, "No, I'm healthy." And she's like, "Oh." You know, she was actually bummed out. and I was and like, were no, no. yeah, <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I'm actually healthy. I'm actually good to go. Uh, I got sworn in and uh, I go to basic training in two months. And she's like, two months for how long? Uh, Ten weeks of basic training, two weeks of uh, my training for my job. And she asked me, where are you going to serve? I was like, downtown Chattanooga, downtown Chattanooga Army. That's where I'm going to serve. And uh, she was like, okay. Okay. She when I got home, she told me that this whole time she was praying so that God would actually close the doors. And I was actually praying, Lord, lead me, you know. If mm. if and I and I told I told God uh, that if there's any in in any, in any of the steps if they were to say no, but we can, you know, wiggle you through or we can forge this or we can do this. I was just going to stop. Mm-hmm. And I told him uh, you know, that, that was it. And if any way down the path, down that path to, to joining the National Guard, my wife would have said, you know what? If you join the Guard, I'm going to leave you. I would have stopped. I would have definitely stopped. Mm-hmm. But she never said that. And the doors were just getting open and open and open as I went through the whole process. And uh, I came out of uh, basic training. I don't know. Do you guys want details on basic training? Uh,
0: I mean, we don't want to keep you all day since you're here with your wife and wife and kids. It's a powerful story, dude, because mm-hmm. it's. I remember I hadn't seen you in a while when I went down. We went down to the floor, the Southern Union, uh, Southeastern United States, all the pastors in our domination When we were down there, and I was walking, and I saw you, in Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Marcos, dude, how's it going? Where are you pastoring? Carolina just started. And mm-hmm. Hearing, oh, you're near me. You're, you're in Wilmington. You're in the National Guard. Like it's having a pastor who's active while serving in the National Guard in our domination is a very unique thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially a district pastor. Yeah, district pastor. Yeah.
0: You're not a chaplain. You're... Well, I guess you, do you do chaplaincy with the Guard or what do you do with the Guard?
2: No, I actually enrolled to be uh, 89 Bravo, which is an ammo specialist. Okay. It's basically the guy that hands the ammo over. I don't do much. Uh, right now, uh, I joined the North Carolina Guard. I transferred over and I'm going to be a uh, 42 Alpha, which is called uh, a human resource. So I'm basically like sitting on the computer, just doing paperwork.
1: But nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and I mean, we see people, we see faces. We get, I got to know you like a few, like last year, last year, first, last year. And we don't know the journeys, you know, we don't know your journeys and the ups and downs. We don't see the suffering, the, the the. the I mean, the blessings, but we see you now uh, as a pastor. We see like the uh, God called you originally back then. And when your brother say your God will going to solve, your God is going, she'll solve this. He, mm-hmm. he did, right? Mm-hmm. How do you see? How do you see yourself now? Uh, after you've been confirmed through that call, because I think uh, the Carolina Conference asked you to be a pastor. You're ministering now, but I don't think this is the end. I, I feel this is the beginning, right, of a new, new and different stage. This is your second year we started at the yeah. same time. So yeah, we, we, we started yeah. at the same time. We, about, we, yeah. we all three pretty all three much did. within, yeah. within uh, three, six months of difference, I guess. Yeah. January yeah. 2018. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. me too. So, yeah. so we three are uh, pretty much the same generation of new pastors in that um, uh, uh, Carolina conference. So how do you feel now? And why are you looking back? It's It's easy to look back. And if you're listening, like if you're going through a difficult time, I mean, you you gotta wait until you look back and see how those things probably were a big deal back then, but you see God working through it at the end, and then you look back and say, "Hey, God, is, God is good." How, how how do you see this whole uh, you say desert like the desert? The desert. Uh, <laughs> how do you see that desert?
2: Looking back at the desert, um, I feel that uh, God was actually you know uh, walking through the desert. I was going through the desert, leaving layers of, of myself behind the whole you know uh I'm bilingual I'm this I'm that you know that was left behind uh me trusting god more um i mean honestly i i didn't even put or or send my resume to the carolinas conference and mm. and they called me and 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 that just confirmed that you know it, it was on his time on his terms not on my time and in my terms and, and joining the, the guard. I mean, I know it sounds like, bro, you're crazy. You shouldn't have done that. But I mean, with the churches I have now, they have a uh, Pathfinder clubs and I didn't, I, I never joined the Pathfinder clubs when, when I was in church and being in the military or in basic training, um, uh, knowing all those like right face, left face movements, mm-hmm. um, it's actually helped out my clubs, uh, going out camping, being out in the woods, you know, uh, building, you know, or digging up trenches, you know, just for <laughs> the bare necessities. And, and so they, they didn't even know I knew how to do that until, you know, I was actually out there in action and they knew I wasn't like, you know, uh, cause a lot of people see me and they're like, oh man, this guy's like from the city and he's not going to be able to handle. Out <laughs> here in the woods, and, and they see me out there uh, doing, you know, guard, you know, every two hours. And Dude, they're like, I, wow. I, I didn't know
1: you were a guard until we were, we three and all other fellows, we were at CC's Pizza, and you were saying, Do you have military discount? It's like, mm-hmm. Is this guy like making a joke or something? <laughs> and then you show like your, 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 yeah. your, what do you, what do you show? Like, it, the, it, it's called a,
2: it's a, the military ID. Yeah, yeah, military they they card,
1: like, yeah. Oh man, this guy's for real. So I thought, mm-hmm. like, Maybe it's expired. Maybe it was like a long time ago. No, it was active. Uh, yeah. And I asked him. So uh, it is true. Uh, but even then, uh, I feel God always has a plan for all of us. And this has been a really good journey. I, I'm just looking at the time right now. I mean, it feels like it was like five minutes what you shared with us. And hey, Marcus, yeah. we really appreciate you um, yeah. and, and you sharing this uh, to us. Do you have any last uh, moment of clarity or something that you feel that you want to share with people, probably if someone that is listening right now is going through a desert, you know, someone that is listening right now is probably feeling that, hey, um, God is calling me, maybe not to be a pastor, a minister, but God, God is calling everybody. Uh, how do you, how will you uh, express that? Because you've been there, I've been there, we've been all there in different capacities, but right now it's all about you and not only you, but what God has done through you and with you, and He will be doing to you. What 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 word of advice or or encouragement you can give to people?
2: Yeah, um, something that you know throughout uh, being at Southern and, uh, um, you know, going through my de- what you know, quote unquote, desert. Um, there was a Bible verse that uh, was what is actually my. Fi- Favorite Bible verse is the one they read when I got baptized when I was 16. Uh, Isaiah forty one ten, And it reads, uh, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And uh, those two years, yes, I felt down. I felt uh, insecurity. But then, you know, after those two years, I got a call. And everything, you know, like you guys like to say, it became clear. That was my moment of mm-hmm. clarity. And I knew that God had been taking care of me and he'd been preparing me for this specific moment. You know, and, and I'm really excited and really happy to be here with the Carolina Conference. And I know there are others out there that are probably, you know, doubting going through through seminary, going through Southern. You know, is, is this really what God wants me to do? And. You know, just pray about it. Yeah. Pray about it. You, Which that's the, the key thing. Pray about it. If you feel, you know, you're struggling, you got doubts, pray about it and you know, clinch onto that favorite Bible verse you have. Uh, mine was, like I said, Isaiah forty one, ten. I don't know what and what you know, yeah. it could be.
1: And for you the desert was two years. For others could it could be like one day or one week or but while you're in the desert, you think it's going to be forever. Right? Exactly. And well, that's that's uh, a beautiful example. Thank you also for the Bible verse, for the time, Marcus. Oh, uh, let's guys. play soccer sometime.
0: Huh? Yeah. Let's play soccer sometime. Yeah, Richard.
2: Shin guards. Shin
1: guards will be your best friend from now yes. on. Yes. And you'll
0: be fine. Yeah. I, we just wanted to share with you guys one of our closest friends here in the Carolinas, someone we cherish cherish so much that even though he damaged my shins irreparably oh my god I'm <laughs> on the podcast our friend that not, is not the repair,
1: not beyond repair but now yeah. we have uh, many things to talk about it hey uh thank you also or you that are listening to this episode um this has been a wonderful way to see how God is calling people in I'm pretty sure he's calling you he's calling everybody and well this has been our episode for today we like to uh have conversations with you so please if you will connect with us that'll be awesome we have a twitter account which is at clarity underline podcast and we have a facebook account as well facebook.com slash clarity podcast please if you can rate us review us criticize us whatever however you feel uh, just share with us we'd like to hear from you and also share with your friends thank you for giving us an opportunity of being part of your life for this episode, please stay tuned for more, uh, hopefully every 15 days. Um, I'm Ruben. And I'm Rick. And this was Clarity.